welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And joining me for this conversation about the galaxy far, far away is Rodrigo Perez, Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist. So, Rodrigo, are you ready to talk about the next step in Dave Filoni's slow takeover of Star Wars? Is it Dave Filoni's takeover? You know, I feel like John Favreau is just as uh, important in that, is he not? Well, 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 we'll get to it, but I think Filoni is getting his hands in everything. And Favreau is just kind of like the guy who brought him in and then is getting, you know, the master or the apprentice overtakes the master sort of thing. Mm, I might <laughs> we'll, disagree, but we can go on with that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, as many of you listeners already know, Star Wars celebrations going on right now in London. And to kick things off, Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm pulled back the curtain and revealed quite a few things. Um, we have more information about the various TV projects coming over the next couple of years which we expected to learn. But we also got word on what the next three Star Wars film projects are that should be coming in the not-so-distant future with filmmakers like Charmaine Obey-Chinoy, James Mangold, and the aforementioned Dave Filoni. So for this discussion, we're going to break down all the news from the opening of Star Wars Celebration, as well as uh, give you guys a little bit of what we think this means for the future of the franchise. But before we get to the discussion of Star Wars, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else to find your favorite shows. Okay, so Rodrigo, before we get to the new stuff, I think it's a good time to set a bit of context, um, basically what the current state of the Star Wars franchise is, so to speak. So currently on the TV side of things, it's going pretty strong. We've got Dave Filoni, along with John Favreau, crafting several series that exist in this area of time between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Um, we have stuff like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, upcoming shows like Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka. Um, then there have been prequels like Andor and Obi-Wan. But on the film side of things, it's been really quiet. There was Rise of Skywalker back in 2019, but that's the last time we saw Star Wars on the big screen. And in the meantime, we've had projects that have been reported and announced, but haven't gotten close to coming, uh, haven't gotten close to being official, like a film from Kevin Feige, a film by Taika Waititi a trilogy from the Game of Thrones guys, Benioff and Weiss, a trilogy by Ryan Johnson, uh, and various other ones that have been announced or reported. And notably, none of those projects were part of this celebration and don't seem like they're ever happening, at least not in the foreseeable future. So, Rodrigo, before we get to the new stuff, what are your thoughts on the current state of Star Wars? Um, well, you know, um, I, I don't know where... I guess we should just, you know, I can't uh, assume that people have, have listened to everything we've said in the last little while, but, um, you know, we're going to be running somewhat from a deficit here, or at least I am, or you are too, I think, right. because you know, I'm not watching The Mandalorian anymore. I gave up. I found the writing of season three really bad. Um, uh, I think I got into like a little bit of the third episode and then I, I was watching it and then I was like, no. No, no. I, I, like, why am I doing this to myself? I don't need to do this. And so I just turned it off. It was like that bad. It was like so listless and kind of like not going anywhere. And and I mean, you've kind of like really checked out on a lot of this. I have. Too, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my thoughts on the TV side of things are uh, I watched Obi-Wan and I think that was the last Star Wars thing I've given a shot to. Uh, I will get to Andor eventually. I just, I got to admit my enthusiasm just really isn't there anymore, even though you and Mike and everybody else have raved about how great it is. Um, Mandalorian, I watched season one, um, barely got through that and uh, just checked out. I think I watched part of season two, episode one and was just like, yeah, no, didn't watch any of Boba Fett. Saw pictures of guys on colored bites looking like the Power Rangers. I gave up on that. Um, so yeah, my, I, I'm pretty low on Star Wars right now. Not going to lie. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure in some cases people are going to be like, these are like not the best people to be discussing Star Wars, but at the same time, I don't know. I do pay attention to all the news. I, you know, I have watched everything other than Mando season three and, and maybe I will eventually pick it up, but man, it is pretty bad. And all I keep hearing is from people who like this stuff a lot more than I do is that it is really bad and, and they're all just begrudgingly getting through it. Um, and Book of Boba Fett was really bad. Obi-Wan was okay. Um, had some great highlights, a lot of lowlights. Andor is amazing. Andor is the best thing that they've done in live action since whatever was the best last live action. Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
although it's we argue, arguably even better but um yeah and uh, it's weird it's like there's a connection between those projects <laughs> uh, the, that connection would be adults and and people who don't aren't slavish star wars fans i think which yeah. is i think a good thing um but yeah the state of star wars is that well, you know, I mean, there's our perspective and then there's what's the world's perspective. I, I don't know if the, that's out there yet, but I'm pretty sure it's already been um, uh, suggested and or said that ratings for Mandalorian season three are not what they once were. And um, I think it seems, I, you know, I couldn't say it's a consensus between fans that this is not going well, but uh, does there's certainly some some uh you know uh feeling of that beyond just the two of us and yeah you know, people i know like i feel like there's quite a bit of that so yeah my my thought is as far as mandalorian goes is they they did something which is very odd in my mind at least is they take us a, a series um which was a huge hit like there's no denying the season one of mandalorian was a massive hit um culturally and with fans and they went directly into season two because with with technology like the volume and the fact that like people like Pedro Pascal doesn't have to be on set all the time, you can pump these things out rather quickly. Um, but then they they paused to do Book of Boba Fett, and I feel like that really just kind of sucked the air out of the room a little bit. Um, and then now it's been boy like two years uh, since Mandalorian was on blast, and and so season three is just kind of like oh well. Because in the meantime, we've had Obi Wan, we've had Andor, and and all this, and yeah, but yeah. we did have like you know, Book of Boba Fett also pivoted to be like half of Mandalorian season all of a sudden, you know, right, right, which which I think is a, a detriment to that. Like uh, we're not going to get too deep into Mandalorian season three and Boba Fett, but to have like this kind of season two point five embedded in a show that not everybody was watching, absolutely, and some people have already been confused about season three because they didn't bother with Book of Fett, Book of Boba Fett. And so yeah. they're thinking about the end of Mandalorian season two, where Grogu and uh, Dijin Jaren or whatever his name is, were separated. And all of a sudden they're back together and you see people on Twitter being like, wait, I thought they were yeah. separated. Luke Skywalker got them. And they're like, well, no, they were reunited like two minutes after they were after after your heart was broken in, a, in what was probably one of the best. You know, the Mandalorian is a very iffy mixed at best show but one of the best uh things that they've ever done is you know luke skywalker taking grogu away and and having a very a poignant and uh you know uh uh goodbye between mandalorian and and grogu and, and he gets taken away and they just like band-aid and fix that like half a half an episode later of the next show and 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 they do it in another show, and so people were confused that storytelling was terrible i mean yeah. we've been through that but yeah that was bad it was really bad so yeah, for me, the current state of Star Wars is it's a bit of a mess. Um, you have Dave Filoni and John, John Favreau who are having success on the TV side of things. But if you aren't a Disney Plus uh, subscriber and you're not deeply involved in, in what Filoni and Favreau are crafting, then you've kind of been left in the cold a bit um, because they've, there haven't been films for four years. Um, we haven't had really any concrete news till today that a, a film's coming. And... Um, yeah, it's it's just been this TV thing, which, uh, which I guess I guess leads us to to what they announced today. But uh, it's been kind of uh, if you're a casual Star Wars fan, uh, you may have kind of lost touch, I think, with this franchise over the past three years. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's very hit and miss, and you know, I think. Uh... Yeah, I mean they're at a crossroads. I think we've probably said that before. Yeah, they're at, they're at a real crossroads, um, and they're trying to figure out what's what's uh, um, what the future is. But they announced some of that now, and you know, uh, I think that and with that we can pivot to what was talked about in Star Wars Celebration today. And and they announced for the first time in in a long time that you know three films are three new films are coming uh, are in are in the works and on the way, and there are three films that are not at all mentioned in the bevy of films that were sort of announced <laughs> over the last few years which all have kind of gone by the wayside which i i will defend on some levels and if you want to get into that we can but like i i am of the mindset that like hey better to not go forward with a crappy film 
than rather than just to go forward because you announced it. You know, like I know that there's no Patty Jenkins film and there's no Ryan Johnson. Oh, film. I forgot to mention that one. And, yeah. And Taika Waititi's film has not shown up. And Kevin Feige's film seems to be, uh, uh, you know, in development hell. But I personally and I know that frustrates fans, but it's like, which one which one do you want? You know, do you want just content? And you get me mediocre stuff like that's happening on television, or do you want good movies? Because ultimately, I would, uh, for me, for a studio to go, you know what? We I know we spent years developing this, and we announced it, and all this stuff, but we're taking this off the the docket, and it's not coming. That to me is actually a, a sign. While that frustrates people, scripts are things that you know ideas are pitched and they're like great let's write that but then the script maybe not just come together and you can't crack it and you put every mind you can but it just doesn't come together so i think that's more like creatively responsible rather than you know like oh well let's just get the patty jenkins movie done because we had this idea like no if it's not a good script don't do it like i i think that's much better than what most of hollywood does so in that way it's like more like quality control quality assurance and I'm, I'm glad that they do that. So I, I would rather have a long wait between movies while it is, you know, somewhat, you know, where are the movies? Where are the movies? Like, well, you know, the last ones like Solo wasn't great and Rise of Skywalker was terrible. So like, don't like protect the brand, you know? Yeah. Well, and so I'm OK with that. Well, here's here's my counterpoint to that. Um Here's here's Mike, uh, our our coworker Mike. Uh, when he saw the three films that were announced, he joked to me, "How many of these do you actually think will get made?" Um, and and I think that's kind of the the end result of their let's announce some things, let's do like a whole video of Patty Jenkins flying off, you know, and, and then never follow through with that. It's it's a it's hard to believe that the films that they did announce announced today outside of one um, is actually going to come out. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, I, I, your, your premise is that you know let's make sure that the movies are good. I'm all obviously a fan of that idea. Don't make bad movies. However, there's no guarantee that the movies they're making are good because, under Kathleen Kennedy, you could argue that the post Disney purchase of Lucasfilm, outside of Rogue One, um, Force Awakens, while you know we can get I guess litigate that or Last Jedi. Most of these films are either polarizing and or not very great. Um, and so I don't believe under the current regime that that the movies they a the movies that they got rid of or didn't move forward with are actually that bad or b that the ones they are approving are actually that good, um, which is kind of an odd place to be in, meaning basically my trust in in Lucasfilm has has waned quite a bit. So I, I agree that I want good movies, but I also will say that I'm not convinced that this is the direction to go in. And I know someone has to take the blame and I guess that like falls to Kathleen Kennedy, but like you instill a new regime in here and are things going to get like automatically a, a million times better? I don't know because no, that's true. Uh, because like, look, all this stuff is mostly what's happening is look, the good stuff is creator driven and the bad stuff is also creator driven, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, like you talked about, we talked about two things that we both agree that are really great, or at least I do, or because you haven't seen them both, but Rogue One and Andor, they're done by Tony Gilroy, who has the creator who had basically had creative control. And, 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 you know, and it seems like Filoni and John Favreau have creative control too, but I don't know, the stuff that they're doing is not uh, amazing. Right. So, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I like, yeah, someone has to take the blame and it'll probably be her. And, you know, there are whispers, you know, I've heard rumors that, that she's going to be, well, actually I think people, no, I can't remember, but I, I have heard rumors that, that she's stepping down and stuff like that, but people have also been saying that for ages. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? And I think even, I think the last thing I heard was someone was saying that she was going to announce it at Star Wars Celebration. And so far she hasn't. So, um, this would have been the day to do it, but yeah, that, yeah, I, I well, also not really, because then that's a real bummer to that's like, that's true. I guess you know, if you, you weren't, you won't, you would never announce that. Like basically people always like, no, you don't announce negative at positive events. If she was going to step down, she would do it. There would be in a press release and it would be off book. You know what I mean? That's so true. it's like, people always expect, and it's like, no, like they're always like for years, people always said, if Ben Affleck is no longer Batman, how come they haven't made an announcement about that? Because they do not make announcements like that. They Unless you're James Gunn saying Henry Cavill is not Superman. <laughs> but yeah.
Yeah. Okay. That's an exception. 90, 99.9% of the time it's the announcement would be like, this is the new Batman as in Robert Pattinson, et cetera. Like this is how it works. Anyhow. Yeah. Captain is not about to announce that. And yes, someone's got to take the fall. It's probably her eventually at some point. The buck stops with her. There's just no other way around it. So, so let's, let's talk about these movies. Um, I want to start with the the first one that we believe is the first one that's coming, which is um, an untitled movie by Charmin Obeid Chinoy, um, which was originally written and uh, developed by um, Damien, Damon Lindelof, who has recently stepped away after, if you read what he said, he basically said he turned in a draft and, you know, stepped away for creative reasons, whatever. And now uh, Stephen Knight um, is the... Uh, new writer and this film is said to exist 15 years after um rise of skywalker it's going to pick up the story of daisy ridley's ray um ray skywalker as she develops the new jedi order um that's really kind of all we know about it um you know it's it's this is kind of a bummer for me personally just because i think this feels just like such a a stopgap measure like we need something and Let's bring back Daisy. Let's bring back the Jedi's. Let's continue, continue, but not continue the Skywalker saga. It, to me, this is is kind of a bummer of a movie. However, I'm excited that this would, um, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, be the first Star Wars film um, directed by a female filmmaker, um, which is great. Yeah, and that's if you know they they already have a uh, December 2025 release date on right. hold. And that is almost 100% likely the Charmin Obeyed Genoi film. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name yeah. correctly. Um, but yeah, that's basically the film. We knew it's a, it's, I'm calling it for the for the meantime, New Jedi Order. Um, and, and it's Daisy Ridley as Rey. And she's going to be, I'm assuming I, I could be wrong, but from, I, it feels to me that like she is not the star of this movie, but she will be part of it. And she will be like the new person uh you know uh trying to raise uh to train a new order but then you know probably a bunch of other people uh, new characters and new jedi and all that kind of stuff the bummer for me is it's more like is it just going to be like a new generation oh there's no more jedi order 67 and they're all gone and the new generation <laughs> and then order whatever blah 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 and they're all gone and that over and over and over again and uh a little bit boring but you know whatever it does. It does. When you look at when you take the 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 macro story of what we know of the Star Wars universe, uh, it does feel like the general everything kind of goes around like what state the Jedi is in, um, whether that's, you know, the height of the Jedi, like the High Republic era, and then it kind of falls away and then it comes back like with Luke and then it falls away and then it comes back, you know, yeah, I mean, and you could argue that this film is is the story of almost the same story that was told off book in uh the force awakens it's luke skywalker tries to start a new generation of of jedi and they get destroyed and taken down so it's yeah. like almost it sounds like almost you know even they talk about the powers that that, that, that rise to tear out to, to dare to tear down this new jedi order so it's almost like that same kind of story but this time actually told on screen yeah like are, is there going to be a you know a kid who learns but is too powerful and turns bad like kylo like yeah that of course we're speculating and and it could be this great story um but yeah just on on paper right now from what they what they shared with us um they did say you know they did trot daisy ridley out and and kind of show her off at celebration so you know even if she's more of a supporting role um they are starting the whole uh trying to get fan sentiment built around ray returning um which which is interesting because you know the way they ended rise of skywalker i don't believe that ray is uh everybody's favorite character anymore um correct me if i'm wrong but well i there's two ways to look at this that it is um one a natural evolution of like yes she's a new jedi she's got a new lightsaber i don't know if people liked her or not but it doesn't matter like it's the logical place to start and at the uh in in the next line of the storytelling and then the cynical view of it another view is that like there are three main characters for this new trilogy um two of them are extremely well employed and don't need this franchise <laughs> and one of them does and she is the one that happens to be uh uh, uh 
the, the the star of the next one. So maybe that's one way of looking at it. Maybe they had meetings with a bunch of them and two of them said, you know, we're good. Or like, you know, if you need us, we're around, but I, I you know, it's like, I, I'm not going to just show up to anything. Right. I, I would probably be a conversation that maybe those two other gentlemen might've said at some point being like, I'm not, I'm not against you. I, I don't, you know, I don't hate this or anything, but like, if you want me to show up, it's gotta be, it's gotta be worth it to me. And it's gotta be a great story. Yeah, Whereas and I, the person might might have less of a of a of a of a, a, a leverage like that is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I I think I said this to you after it was first announced. My initial thought on this film is it feels like, uh, quote unquote, oh shit, we need a Star Wars movie now film, um, where it's you know because a lot of uh the discussion was where's this franchise going to go after Rise of Skywalker? We we put the bow on the Skywalker saga the logical conclusion would be let's tell this brand new story. And it sounded as if that's kind of the direction they were going with from what little we knew of the projects that were in uh, the works, right? Um, Rogue Squadron was kind of set. It, it was its own thing was, you know, a one-off movie, but Taika Watiti is probably working on something that's, you know, really out there. And Kevin Feige was, you know, presumably doing something brand new. And then the movie they announced is you know just kind of like you know just continuing the same thing but you know 15 years later and it feels a bit uh underwhelming i guess um and i and i don't know if this is just what i think it is a stopgap measure just to keep star wars on on screen before they really do some sort of reset um but either way it kind of just feels a bit uninspired i mean i don't i don't love the idea but to be fair, it's been in development for uh, longer than we've known. So it's not like they're just like throwing it together to get that date, but they also have been trying to hit that date for a long time. And as they were trying to hit 20, 2023, yeah. and as they're going to be trying to hit every date. So there's always stuff in development, right? Some stuff happens. And, and the truth about development that people don't love to hear is that you could be developing something three years from now, and I could start developing something like two months from now, or two, two months ago. And mine, just the way the nature of writing is just because you've spent three years, years on it doesn't mean that in six months, I, in six months after the three months that you've been doing it, that mine can be ready before yours. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like you can spend 10 years on yours and mine just might come together faster and better and, and, and inspire more confidence. And that's just the way these things work. So, you know, it's like scripts are not like, it's it's you know the, the the people talk about it all the time like cracking the script because that's true it's like you have an idea and it might be the best idea in the world but then you've got to turn that into a screenplay and that screenplay has to work and sometimes what happens in the development of things is people go oh shit like i don't know whatever happened we put this thing together and we built it it's like the we we had all the instruction we had the ikea but it just doesn't feel right like we have to and then sometimes they go let's go back to the original idea because we love the original idea. And then sometimes they go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hire a new writer that start again with the original idea and or take pieces of this Ikea furniture that we like, but remove other pieces. And it's just like, there's no, unfortunately, there's no magic bullet on the way these things are done, right? Like creativity yeah. just doesn't work. It's not a straight line. So I just want to remind people that sometimes I feel like people get very frustrated with like, what the hell? But it's just like scripts are like, you know, they just sometimes they come together and sometimes they don't. So it sounds like this one from the very second that I heard about this. And even I think I, I got some whispers about it before it was officially announced or rumored or whatever. It seemed like it was on a fast moving target. It sounded like this one was inspiring a lot of confidence and people like the idea. And so it sounds like it's coming together fast, but yeah, sure. Like maybe, you know, Stephen Knight is, uh, is, uh, uh, maybe his script doesn't work. I don't know, but you know, this, this is how these things work. It's like, I know, I think people also have the mistaken thing of, of Marvel where, you know, uh, we're going to make these things and they're going to show up at this period of time. And they generally do. And they've really lucked out. And that's been amazing. But that's not generally the way it's worked out, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and Marvel's had a lot of misses in the last two years. So, you know, they, yeah, they're hitting all their release dates and stuff like that. And things are coming out. But is that good? Like, is the quality there? Because, you know, that's a whole other conversation. So, yeah. Anyway. And 
But so, yeah, I, I think that that's important for people to understand also is that, like you said, just uh, just because this is the movie that's announced now doesn't mean they're, you know, it, it, I, I tend to look at it as like, yes, this was thrown together last minute. But, you know, obviously that's probably not the case. It just it it feels uh, as being the first movie since Rise of Skywalker. This feels a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe it's great. Um, the biggest bummer about it if there's a bummer it's just that the idea just feels uninspired it really does yeah. it's just like new jedi order like which yeah so it's like jedi fall jedi rise is, is that all is that all there is is it going to be can it can it be any more interesting than that that's where i think the real problem lays to me anyhow so yeah let's uh let's go to the next movie and before we get to well i'll just the next movie is called uh heir to the empire um, and it comes it's from not Dave. called that, but we're assuming well, yeah. that's what it's called. Right. And, and Heir to the Empire is the name of one of the old books that has right. the Thrawn character. Thrawn's at the center of it. I can explain why I'm almost positive it's going to be the title of the film. Well, regardless, this is the Dave Filoni movie, and this seems to be the end game of what he seems to be doing on TV now, which is uh, a good way just before we get to what this movie is to kind of talk a little bit more about the the TV, where, where the TV stuff that Filoni is working on sits, because there were some some stuff shown today too that seems to point us to what this film's going to be. Um, yes, Mandalorian season three is going on now. That show connects with Boba Fett, and it also connects with uh, the next show that seems to be coming, which is Ahsoka. Yeah, that Ahsoka is coming in in August. In August, and today they showed um, a trailer and, and shared it with everybody uh, for Ahsoka. And as here's what I'll say, personally, as somebody who's not steeped in the Rebels. Um, clone war side of things this really i felt lost completely watching this trailer um because because it definitely feels like it's picking up pieces of the animation uh, on the animated side of things picking up pieces that were teased a little bit here and there in mandalorian and ahsoka is going to continue it and then eventually it's all going to build to this heir to the empire whatever it's going to be called the filoni movie um would you agree um, yeah, I mean, I would have said a few years ago, if this trailer would have showed up like, uh, I don't know, two or three years ago after I finished Star Wars Rebels, I would have been so fucking excited um, because Star Wars Rebels, is, I've, as I've said on these podcasts and anywhere where I write about the Star Wars space, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series is fantastic. If we talk about the best Star Wars in the Disney era, you've got Rogue One, Star Wars Rebels and Andor. All three of them are up there. Um, they're great. Star Wars Rebels is so it's just such a terrific, terrific season, even if season one is a little bit janky by the time, like season three and season four are excellent, like really, really good stuff. And so, yes, I mean, Heir to the Empire slash the Dave Filoni film, like, look, they already, in the very first, if you remember the very first Disney Plus um, um, uh, uh, dog and pony show in December 2020, I believe, with Bob Iger and everybody. They did their big flex. They they announced things that are no longer happening, like Rangers of the Republic. They talked about culminating all these stories in an event series. Now it seems pretty obvious that all of these stories are going to culminate instead of in, a, in an event series in this Dave Filoni film. And Dave Filoni was the man behind Star Wars Rebels. He co-created a lot of these characters. All the characters in Star Wars Rebels are now showing up in um, uh, Ahsoka. Some of them have already showed up in Mandal in the Mandalorian. There was a one of the characters from Star Wars Rebels showed up in a tiny cameo in, I think, episode five of the Mandalorian this season, which I just watched very quickly just to see it. Um, so yeah, it's all building towards this and it's building towards... Um, Essentially, heir to the Empire with this slash Dave Filoni film, which is most likely going to be coming in December of 2027, because that's the next slot that's available, is the the, the story is going to be slash, it's going to be two things, but it's essentially going to be the Star Wars Rebels sequel in live action meets slash the Mandalorian TV verse. And all those things are going to culminate into... Um, one big thing an heir to the uh, Thrawn was already Thrawn is the big new let's call him the Darth Vader of this era let's let, that's the simplest way to put it he is let's not Jedi or Sith or anything like that but let's call him the big bad of of this era and he is teased in the Ahsoka trailer and he is I mean they um, show the back of his head right yeah, yeah they show yeah. the back of his head that he's teased and heir to the Empire which is a line that's even said in the uh 
uh, Ahsoka trailer is the name of a Star Wars, a classic Star Wars book that's that featured that Thrawn character. Thrawn is also teased at the end of, well, I won't go into it, but essentially the end of Star Wars Rebels, the animated series ends with a dot, dot, dot that puts that, that, that has a complete story, but also like puts Thrawn somewhere out in the middle of the universe and another Jedi out in the middle of the universe, sort of eventually, essentially lost the two of them lost. And as the Ahsoka trailer already shows us, already tells us that Thrawn has essentially is no longer lost is, is coming back. He, he, he's, he's trying to build up his forces again. So, you know, I've been literally been saying this since the end of star Wars rebels, because it, 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 it it's been pretty obvious for a long time, but this is where all this is heading. So it's going to be star Wars rebels, live action part, you know, the sequel meets all these elements of these new other uh, uh, new TV things that that's the Mandalorian and Grogu and all these things. And they'll meet in some big, you know, gigantic thing where they, they face off against Thrawn and they, and they find this character named Ezra Bridgers, who is a young Jedi who's been missing for many, many years. And he'll either show up somewhere along the lines in these series, or he'll show up in this film, but that's essentially what it is. And I, I would bet all the money in the world um, that that's the case. Yeah. So here's here's my my issue with this movie. Um, I think this is uh, probably better suited as a as a TV series, obviously mm-hmm. because it connects to all those TV series. But also, it's a movie that has such a barrier of entry. Like it sounds great, everything that you're saying, but right. this is a movie that's going to require a lot of research. It, this is not the casual Star Wars fans movie. Um, and and that's why the Ahsoka trailer was a bit of a bummer for me because I thought for sure, yes, this is continuing on stuff that's built in Mandalorian. Yes, Ahsoka is building on things that was in uh, the Clone Wars and and in uh, Rebels or whatever. But that felt like I was watching the trailer to a sequel and not a brand new TV series. Um, and, and that kind of I just immediately was like, oh, this is not for me, um, literally, yeah. because this is this is not for somebody who hasn't watched all that that came before. For sure. Like, I mean, uh, where that's where I, uh, you know, I don't have that perspective because I know that stuff, but I would say all this stuff, I can't even, I can't even, I, I, I won't vouch to say that this stuff is going to be great because I don't know. And so far I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical. I even thought that trailer was like, okay. Um, but I will say all of that stuff gets richer when you do know Ahsoka's story in Star Wars Clone Wars, which is very, very good. Star Wars Clone Wars was, um, uh, good to mixed, but the the Ahsoka stuff and the 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 finality of the Ahsoka storytelling in Star Wars uh, Clone Wars is up there with the best stuff that they've ever told. Very emotional, very rich, very great stuff. So all of these stories are definitely everything that's happening on the TV or that is about to happen on the TV would certainly be like if anybody's curious and wants to is absolutely enriched by watching Star Wars Clone Wars or at least watching the key episodes. Um, and I think they probably even have that on like on Disney Plus, if you could see like the the Ahsoka arc. And if you could watch like Star Wars Rebels, you're going to have a much, much better time Um with uh, 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 Ahsoka and everything that comes afterwards. Yeah, I just, I feel that uh, there's a lot of promise or a lot of, um, hmm, a lot of uh, pressure on Filoni to deliver a film where so far he's he's playing to his audience and it feels like a very insular experience and not necessarily what you would expect the, you know, the second new Star Wars movie in a decade to be you know so it's like yeah. uh as far as that goes it, it feels very odd um and well and, it, it's maybe like the really the hardcore fans one you know yeah yeah and i get that and you have to please them at some point because these are those are literally the people that are keeping this franchise afloat right now um and and so you know that's great here's what i'll say to my original 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 point about dave filoni taking over is the way I view this, and and this is, you know, probably I have no insider knowledge, but it really feels like John Favreau was brought in to to do these TV shows, but really what he was there to do was to kind of guide the hand of Dave Filoni and teach him, get him up to speed on live action productions so that we could eventually have him go off and do his own thing. And we're seeing that with Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Um, It's been said Mandalorian season three was, uh, Filoni was basically 
he was involved in the macro conversation, but not in the writing and not in the direction because he was busy doing and show running Ahsoka. Yeah, um, that, sounds, that sounds fair. Yeah, that everything you're and, saying sounds fair. And so now announcing this as a Dave Filoni movie, him directing it really feels like this is the culmination of Dave Filoni's growth as a filmmaker, specifically in live action. And this is kind of them handing him the keys like, hey, bud, you got us this far as far as the TV goes. Yes, John Favreau is, is doing Mandalorian, but but we all know that you are the the encyclopedia uh, Star Wars guy. Um, and so here you go. Deliver it. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all fair, actually, what you're saying. I just don't see it as cynical as some as maybe the way you're framing it. But I think that is generally what you said is pretty accurate. Yeah. So, you know, it's great if you're a fan of all the TV shows, then this is obviously for you. And and honestly, if, if you watch that Ahsoka trailer and you're like doing flips for it, it's probably because you watch the Clone Wars stuff because, you know, all the Thrawn things and, you know, you're, yeah, you're knee deep maybe, in Mando. Yeah. Maybe if you don't know all that stuff, maybe like it sounds like you're saying you're scratching your head a little bit. And, I was. I was. It looked cool. <laughs> a lot of lightsabers. Right, um, but you don't know who Harrison Dula is. You don't no. know who Steen Wren is. You don't no. know who Thrawn is. You know their names, but you don't yeah. really know. Um, you know, you don't even really know Ahsoka other than from uh, Mandalorian season two. Well, which I didn't watch, but yeah, no, I, the, here's, here's, here's what it is. I am paid to know these things on a very basic level. And on that level, I do know them. And, and even then that's still not enough for me to kind of, to get a, a handle on that trailer. So I feel like, you know, by the time Ahsoka comes out in August, people will probably be more up to date. I really, really, really hope that Filoni doesn't just assume people have watched Rebels, um, because I, I, you know, give me give me a little five minute recap at the beginning, and maybe I can catch up. But uh, otherwise, Ahsoka is going to be Greek to me, and and that's a, a bit of a bummer because it does feel like something that isn't Mandalorian, and you know, could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would. Honestly, I know you've like really checked out of a lot of Star Wars stuff, but like, you know, uh, and your kid is probably too young, but uh, if you could find something on Disney Plus where you could watch like, I, you know, they do have like a, um, you know, Clone Wars went on, I think, for like seven or eight seasons. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a beast. Like that, but they do have like, um, they they do have a um, like sort of uh, Cole's notes versions, cliff notes kind of thing mm -hmm. version of it on there. And I think they even have like, you could like potentially like Google, like uh, something like here's the ones to watch for the Ahsoka storyline. Like it's very good. It's really, it's, uh, it's quite, um, it's quite good. It's quite emotional. Um, and by the end of it, it's just like, it's pretty crushing in fact. Um, so there's a great storyline there and star Wars rebels, yeah, I mean, that would be a tricky one to not watch <laughs> all of it. Like, yeah, it, I mean, and that was like, what, four seasons, three seasons, four seasons. But man, I breezed yeah. through it. It was so, yeah. so, um, so fast and so good. And um, I, I I flew through it. Um, I've actually watched it twice. It's so good. So I want to ask before we move on to the the next movie, I want to um, this is like I mentioned before, the, the Filoni stuff all exists in this era which is between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. And um, and that's where Rebels exists, right? Sort of, not, not, not quite. Uh, Rebels, is no, that's not accurate. Rebels is, is, from, uh, is before uh, uh, the first Star Wars film, before A New Hope. Oh, wow, okay. It, it, Rebels is, wait, do I have that wrong? <laughs> I might I need to like delete all. Oh no 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 no! Sorry 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 sorry. No okay. Let you you're pick up with yes. You're correct. Uh, it, it basically uh, ends with uh, right around the time of Return of the Jedi. Right. So uh, all that to say, um, there's the specter of the original trilogy kind of hanging around it, um, and you can you can let me know if obviously Clone Wars had original trilogy characters in it. Or, or I guess prequel trilogy characters. Um, so what do you think about Heir to the Jedi or Heir to the Empire slash Dave Filoni movie, including those classic Star Wars elements? You mean like original trilogy stuff? Yeah. Well, I've, I have heard a rumor that, uh, uh, that some uh, original uh, trilogy characters uh, may uh, appear in that thing. 
that that like um because that is um you know heir to the empire is set would be set probably it's in the set in the mandalorian era and that is all set like what 10 maybe 10 15 years after return of the jedi or something like that right yeah which is like smack dab in the middle of uh force awakens and return of the jedi yeah, somewhere in between the middle of that. And so, yes, I definitely have heard like credible rumors that elements and maybe characters like Han, Luke and Leia um, from uh, the original films could show up in, could cross over in some of the Heir to the Empire stuff or or in some of this period. And if, you know, if someone might guffaw and be like, that's fucking stupid. But I'll, I will say, if you're going to say that, then I would say, consider this. That's not a big stretch when you consider like deep fake Luke or whatever you want to yeah. call him. Deepfake Luke Skywalker has already appeared in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, and Deepfake Leia was in Rogue One, and Harrison Ford has just done a lot of de-aging young Indiana Jones in The Dial of Destiny. So it is, um, while you know, I can't say I, I, I know that that's for sure, um, I, 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 those are three examples of, of why it could be could 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 happen it's it's not it's not without the it, not outside the realm of possibility and, and they're already doing it like deep fake luke is kind of a thing now right yeah they've had him in two different series now and he could show up for all we know he could show up more so um that's a possibility yeah and and that would be a way to attract casual star wars people to your movie um is is hinting that or showing that luke leia and or han will show up in this movie um so we'll see uh, like yeah. I, I, I fully believe that there's nothing that Lucasfilm won't do, uh, in regards to old characters, um, just because of the, the Luke showing up in Mandalorian, uh, they, they really, that's kind of their ace up the sleeve and to use it in Mandalorian. It's just like, uh, well, all bets are off for movies. Like who knows? So, yeah. um, let's move on to the third film that was announced today, which, um, is James Mangold's prequel trilogy, or not prequel trilogy, geez, uh, James Mangold's prequel movie, um, which takes place thousands and thousands of years before the Skywalker saga and talks about the very first Jedi. Um, and it's called Dawn of the Jedi, is it not? I, well, yeah, I, um, yeah, and it, it seems I, I, I jokingly refer to it as the prequeliest prequel of all prequels in the Star Wars movie. It doesn't get much more uh prequel than this and it really feels of all of the three movies this is the one that's the most interesting to me because i feel like there's a lot of freedom there um because i think like mangold would only accept this movie if there was a lot of freedom and uh it could be interesting however asterisk caveat it still involves jedi <laughs> which kind of sucks but okay yeah so, and it's like the birth of the jedi which is like is this the story of like yep. when the i met the midichlorians is like that is that what it is like and here's a quote from mangold that he told variety after the the star wars uh, celebration panel it's a chance to tell the entire story of its uh, on its own the birth of the force when i first talked to kathleen kennedy about it i just said i just see this opening to make I just see this opening to make a Ben-Hur or the Ten Commandments about the birth of the Force. The Force has been a kind of religious legend that spans through all these movies, but where did it come from? How was it found? Who found it? Who was the first Jedi? And that's what I'm writing now. And to me, I would say to that, which is I say to almost everything, is less history and more mystery. <laughs> um, which I yeah. think is something that Steven Soderbergh once said, and I basically pinned it on a wall because... Less history, more mystery applies to everything. Some things should just be um, have a nice enigmaticness to it, and that's that that actually makes them special. And the Force is exactly that, and the midichlorians are exactly what robbed the, it of its specialness. So I, I, I not very interested in this at all. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing: uh, the other thing about this that that you know I, the cynic in me couldn't help but think about is James Mangold is really sort of turning into the Lucasfilm guy, right? Like Indiana Jones, he was the heir apparent to Spielberg, handpicked to do that, and now he's you know going to work on Star Wars. He and you know in addition, DC he, film. <laughs> he's got a DC movie. He's he's playing ball with studios and and in this big genre stuff. So you know that doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence because I think Mangold is actually a pretty good filmmaker. Um, as far as his genre work goes, I think uh, Logan is really good. Um, and he's done other movies, obviously. And uh, but you know it it feels again like a safe pick. Um, it it like 
it does have the op- opportunity to be new and unique and not, you know, connect to every other Star Wars thing out there, not be a Skywalker thing. Oh God, could you imagine if they like try to link this to Skywalker somehow? Um, but yeah, like it, it, it seems the most new and that to me is most exciting, even though, you know, saying Dawn of the Jedi is the most new is, is a bit of a bummer because it is, you know, yet again, either the story of the rise of the Jedi or the fall of the Jedi. Um, but this is just the first rise. Yeah. I don't know, but, <laughs> uh, well, I'll say this about James Mangold. I think he's a good filmmaker and I think three ten to Yuma is a terrific film, which I think is the one that got him Indiana Jones, yeah. Indiana Jones vibe. And Indiana Jones is getting him all these other projects because people have seen it and they love it. You know, I'm sure, I mean, Lucasfilm, uh, taking it to can is is a very uh, 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 a good sign um, that they want it to be sewn that early because it won't be in theater till like July or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. have great word of mouth. It's going to have probably great reviews. Um, although it's the same release schedule as uh, Top Gun Maverick, basically. Yeah, Show it yeah, off a although- can. Wait till summer. Yeah, one point five billion dollars later, you got to hit. Yeah. Although maybe someone could argue the counter argument to that is they did the same thing with. Uh, uh, the same plan with um, Crystal Skull, and look how that pl- panned yep. out. But, <laughs> but who knows? Anyhow, I, it does say it, in this era, especially it, that was a different era. I think this, I think this uh, bodes very well, and for James Mangold. And I'll say the other thing is that, yeah, James Mangold is now set up with two Lucasfilm films and uh, one DC film, and I think one of the reasons that he might be embedding himself with uh, Disney is because he, he's got like three films in development at, at Searchlight Pictures who are part of Disney. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you know, do two for them and two for me or whatever. He's got a um, a movie with Matt Damon in, in development. He's got a Buster Keaton movie in development. And what might be coming before all these things is he's got that Bob Dylan movie with Timothy Chalamet at Searchlight that apparently is coming next and that apparently he might be shooting relatively soon unless this Star Wars and Swamp Thing things have upended all that. But I think that was the plan originally that this would might even be shooting sometime this year. Um, so that could be part of his reasoning, sort of like, you know, do some IP, get my projects greenlit, you know, my more personal projects and who knows. But yeah, those are the three films. And we're basically looking at Charmi Obeyed Chinoy's new Jedi Order film in 2000, December 2025. We're looking at Dave Filoni's so-called Heir to the Empire in December 2027. because uh, And we're looking at probably James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi in 2029 in December because the Avatar films, four, five, uh, three, four, and five, take up the alternate years of 2024, 2026, and 2028 in December. And they don't want to cross those over and they don't want no. to count this at all. So uh, I think that's a pretty strong posit that it's coming 2025, those three films, 2025, 2027, 2029, 2029, unless something, you know, one of them hits development snags and then they have to do something else. And then that's maybe where they look to someone like Taika or things that are still in the pipeline that are not quite there. But It yeah. really doesn't sound like that Taika thing is happening. I mean, every time he talks about it, it sounds less and less like a possibility. Like he hasn't even put pen to paper yet. Like, I think uh, he has. I think he's just still working on it. It's like, again, you know, some of these things come together really fast. Sometimes yeah. they don't. Um, yeah. And you got to have, you know, they've shown that that they want to make really quality movies that, that I think that maybe they even think that like there's less risk on television, right? They can do these things and they can be a little bit more shaggy and there's no box office that's going to hurt them, but they, they're still stinging from, from solo and they, they, they can't, they feel like they can't have that happen again or they're in big trouble. So I think they're, their quality assurance for movies is, is, is much higher. And so that's good to me, you know? Um, But yeah, and so you've got like three different pipelines. You've got one of the present Ray order. You've got something that connects to all the television, which is the Filoni stuff, right? Because that's going to go the Mandoverse stuff. And then you've got a new whole uh, uh, avenue that you haven't touched before, which is Dawn of the Jedi, which is way, way before, which will in some ways um, sort of connect to the Acolyte, which is also set, I mean, nowhere near as far back, but still somewhat far back. Yeah, um, Acolyte is at the fall of the High Republic era, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. maybe like 100 years ago or something like that, or 50. It's I think way... High Republic is something like 200 years before maybe, the Skywalker maybe. saga. Essentially, yeah. essentially, it's like, yeah, none of these people will be alive. None of that will be there. No. But it will be, again, of course, Jedis. 
that the acolyte sounds like more of a Jedi slash mystery kind of. Yeah, it really does feel for those we're we're yeah add some context. The Acolyte's one of the TV shows that's coming in 2024. Uh, Leslie Headland has been working on it for years. Uh, Amanda Stenberg is going to be in it. The, I'm blanking on the guy from uh, Squid Game is Lee uh, Jong Jai. Yeah, he's going to uh, co-star. Jacinto, Daphne Keene, Charlie Bartnett, yeah. Jody Jody Turner Smith, Rebecca Henderson, Dean Charles Chapman, and uh, Junas Suetomo, who played Chewbacca, is also playing a Wookiee Jedi in the series. Yep. Yeah, so Acolyte uh, takes place at the end of the High Republic, which the High Republic, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be the height of the Jedi Order, um, the most recent height of the Jedi Order, where they were kind of omnipresent and uh, kind of running shit. And it's a mystery thriller with a Padawan teaming up with her former master to solve a mystery. Uh, it sounds really interesting. That one sounds kind of cool because it does not have any Skywalker uh, stank on it, and it um, doesn't you know, doesn't really connect to anything that Filoni's working on. Uh, kind of exists on it its is, own thing. It is still Jedi again. So it's yeah, like yeah. a Jedi and their Padawan <laughs> trying to solve the mystery. You know where I've also seen that? It was called uh, uh, the prequels where yeah. Uh, yeah. Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi tried to figure out who the Phantom Menace was. You yeah. know, that's yeah. essentially the same fucking thing. Essentially, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be different. And this is a former Padawan. So she quit or something. And maybe she's a, a rebellious kind of, uh, 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 impetuous uh, young Padawan, uh, <laughs> Soka Tano. Um, <laughs> so you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's not as original as it sounds. I don't know, but uh, there's a lot of reasons why, like, as, as I just explained, why it sounds actually pretty familiar. So, yeah, and then, uh, just to for completionist sake, uh, Andor season two was teased a little bit. No, it's more the more the Andor, um, except interestingly. Production's been going on since November and isn't ending until August. Uh, that is a long production cycle, but I know they're doing a lot of a lot of episodes, a lot of content. So, yeah, uh, and it, and it's really big and it's really ambitious and it and it covers like five years in the span of twelve episodes and like you know four whatever it is like three 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 episodes per year for five years mm -hmm. or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah, and then you have uh, the final show that they teased with Skeleton Crew. Um, that's Jude Law and a, a bunch of, I think it's like four kid actors who the basic premise is uh, these four kids find something on their home planet, which leads them out into the galaxy, the greater galaxy, and they have to find their way back. Um, it really sounds like, you know, just speculation here is that they discover some sort of ship and, you know, that sends them out there. But who knows? What do you think about Skeleton Crew? Other than the directors seem amazing. The, the team of directors on it is awesome. Jude Law is again... Uh, a Jedi. <laughs> Wait, have they said that he's a Jedi? I. Uh, that's what I saw online. Okay, I mean, it's, okay. not, it's certainly not in the official description in anywhere. Um, but I. That's what people were tweeting and stuff like that. And you wouldn't say that unless that was said somewhere on the panel. It, right. It's not in the description of Skeleton Crew. Um, but um, I know they showed uh, a little bit of uh, footage from it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and there's some photos out there and stuff, but that's it sounds like the Goonies meets or like a young kind of like, uh, I don't know, like stand by me or something like that. Yeah. Like this. Old Amblin. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. The directors are inspire a lot of conferences, David Lowry, the Daniels, Jake Shire, who's doing Thunderbolts, Bryce Dallas Howard and Lee Isaac Chung, who did Minari, uh, John Watts as well. Um, but I mean, that's I a murderer's know. row. Like it like really that's... is. It's great. Great. But, you know, we'll see. That's that, that's crazy. They they kept announcing or reported uh, reports came out with all these directors, and it's like, holy, oh my god! And and you gotta, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. You gotta give them credit. These are all directors who um, probably you know have some sort of love of Star Wars uh, because they're all this generation. And not only that, you know, this is a pretty good training ground for learning new tech because they're using the volume, they're using all these like CGI things. And if you're somebody like Daniels and you're trying to make kind of these ambitious movies, that's kind of what better school, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of it with Celebration. Is there anything else that, that I'm missing that you're thinking about, Rodrigo? Um, no, but I, I heard a little thing recently and it, 
um, I, I basically heard a, a tip recently and I can't say anything else other than that, but I've heard that like what some of the thinking of Lucasfilm inside is that they're moving away from television and heading towards film again. And one could argue that um, this announcement today with three new films is a sign of that. Um, we shall see because um, one could argue, okay, if you're moving away from TV and you're heading towards film and you're propping up three new films, which fine, um, you would one would one could argue to me in that point and, and say that well, if that's true, you st and and heir to the empire is the culmination of all these things like you're saying it is. Well, that still means uh, several years of some content that needs to be filled because if we're, we're talking Dave Filoni is not showing up till 2023. 2027, which is what our, our educated guess is. Well, it's only 2022 now, and there's many 23, years, but yeah, 2023, and and so that would be four more years of some sort of Star Wars content that needs to be on television. So they could, if they, I mean, maybe it's coming sooner, maybe it's coming 2025. Who knows? But um, uh, you have to fill it up with probably something. So even if they are moving away from television towards film, if that's true, that's, I mean, something that I'd heard, um, you could get, you could make some sort of educated speculate guesses that things like Mandalorian season four, Ahsoka season two, skeleton crew season two, and things like that would have to come before the Filoni film, because that's still a few years off. Yeah. So, yeah. and that would really delay the inevitable and really slow down the storytelling, because if it's all building to a thing, I would say you you don't want to keep it going, drawing it out forever, but maybe they will. I don't know, you know, and and, and who knows, but that's what I heard. And well, uh, let's let's talk about that just real brief, because the reason why we're seeing Disney, because um, we're seeing this with Marvel, too, uh, it, and it's not just Disney, it's Netflix, it's um, uh, HBO Max, all of these is they they the the boom of the streaming service is kind of popped already. Right there's there's been this idea that if you build it they will come so if you release all these mega mega franchise things on tv your subscribers will go through the roof it's worked for disney plus because it grew massively fast the only thing is is they're still not super profitable or it profitable at all and so you can keep making these tv shows but you're starting to see a decline in signups and so you're making all you're pumping all this money into something that isn't turning as much revenue as you need it to so yeah. you have to and and we've seen uh that movies are still making money so the idea is as well let's transition star wars marvel let's focus on the movies and have the tv shows come out at a slower clip right um, which is what bob Iger has already said so that that what i've heard could jibe with what's happening right Right. But here's the problem, right? So if you only do one Star Wars movie every two years, you have three movies before 2030. That's not a lot of content. <laughs> uh, that's not a lot of content. And like you said, there there are things that you would think would still need to go. Mandalorian, Ahsoka, perhaps Skeleton Crew or Acolyte. Um, I'm not saying they need to go. I'm just saying if you're building a bridge between even 2025 or 2027 you're going to unfortunately gonna have like i would you know what i mean you're gonna have to have something even if they're trying to scale back save money whatever it is there's gonna be need for something at least one show a year um on on disney plus and presumably to connect those things since all that storytelling is of this era and you've got a culmination at the end of it right so it just kind of stands to kind of reason you know what i mean oh no for sure and and that isn't to say that they're going to stop making star wars tv shows it's just that they're going to be a little bit more picky um and and you know things like obi-wan which was turned into a tv show probably Iger's thinking like that would have been a pretty good movie that would have made a billion dollars um and and things like andor might have been a good thing if you brand it like you know rogue one part two or something and and you're seeing this now with uh whatever they call the dave filoni movie they're, they're putting out in theaters, which means they're going to say like, hey, you watched all this stuff on Disney Plus, but we need that money. So <laughs> you're going to have to pay some money to see this in theaters. We're not going to give it to you on Disney Plus. Um, and we need, you know, content on the big screen. So um, it makes sense that that Iger and and Disney would be like, hey, let's let's not put so much money because these shows are hugely expensive. Like in Mandalorian's like what, like 15 million an episode or something ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not cheap. No, no. And um, so, yeah. And 
it, it makes sense that they would make this transition, but then you just have to wonder, is every two years a viable option or will they do something in the off years, maybe like June or July in the off years for yeah, some of these other things? like it's enough, right? Yeah, it really. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see, because again, Hollywood is like, you know, these are the, the studios are like these huge ships. They, they try to make changes, but you don't really feel those changes immediately. It takes a year or two. Um, so we really don't know what this whole idea is of let's slow down TV. Let's focus on movies. What does that look like? We don't know yet. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to say. And it, I think it goes back to the original point that like, uh, you know, I think they're still in this transition phase and they're trying to figure out what's next and they're doing it and they have figured it out, but it's still, if all these pieces come together as planned. So yeah, you know, it's still, they're still in this, like it, it I mean, it, you know, even if I hadn't said it, like, you know, this rumor that I heard, I mean, they announced three movies. So uh, yes, they've announced it in the past, but it does, it does really seem like they're, they're heading towards this. Right. So um, yeah. Um, it, it, it seems like, um, they do have a direction and have a path. It just might take, you know, like you said, 2025, 2027, 2029, it's still pretty skimpy, but maybe, maybe that's going to be their strategy instead of just like doing three or four like Marvel movies a year, like, like Marvel's doing, like, you know, they're not the same. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're making that distinction because they're not the same, you know? No. Well, they tried to, and, and you may remember Iger was a guy who came out and said, like, maybe we put too many Star Wars movies out at the early stuff because in those off years they were doing rogue one and and solo and uh you know then it was like well let's let's focus on this new thing disney plus so we're, we're starting to see that these uh these zigs and zags are you know they're they, again they're trying to find that equilibrium they're trying to figure out what the good balance is to keep growers or keep growing subscribers on disney plus while also making sure that star wars makes money on the big screen um because we've also seen Marvel, uh, the oversaturation, you can call it oversaturation, you can call it like, you know, just poor quality, but whatever the case, um, Marvel movies as of late are starting to show that people are, are picky. Um, they're not just going to jump through a hoop to watch your movie just because you say to anymore. It needs to have something. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see what that means for Star Wars and, and Disney's approach to it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Iger, saying that maybe we released too many movies, but when you think about it, it's like, well, maybe you did, but actually, if you think about your track record, it's like what you maybe released of too many was too many bad movies. And that's right. not the volume of movies. It is the quality of movies because nobody was, hey, Rogue One was a super untested thing and it made a shit ton of money, right? It made billions of dollars. Um, but it wasn't until Solo when then they started releasing like, you know, movies that people didn't love and that changed things. So, you know, maybe that's really the problem. Yeah. And, and, and as far as speculation towards the future, uh, recently Donald Glover, speaking of solo said that he's in, he's talked to Lucasfilm about perhaps bringing back Lando for something. Um, you would presume it before this, that it would be a TV series, but perhaps maybe a film down the line. Um, there are other things always in the works, the Taika Waititi well, they thing. Had, they had announced it as a show, right? Didn't Lando they? did that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't know if that. Way back during, that's what the funny thing is. Like when people were saying, like he's talking about that. It's like they already announced that during, like uh, the the big dog and pony show in two thousand twenty. Yeah. That was that just feels like ages ago. Talking. That yeah. pandemic stuff, man. But yeah, yeah, it's it's you know. So there there are more things, and and yeah, we'll we'll have to see what the, how that takes shape. But the idea of only three movies between now and twenty thirty seems a bit odd. Um, but then again, movies are expensive and they take a long time to produce. So. That's not too crazy. Um, and, and it's they're not Marvel. So it's a different yeah. piece. It's got to be looked at in a different way. So um, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I, it, it really just depends. It's like, it, and, and, and audiences are super fickle about things. It's like, if, you, if you're doing stuff that we like, great, we'll, we'll eat it up. And if they don't, they'll be just vicious and turn on you, you know? Yeah. It's just like how it is. It will be interesting to see in 2025 in December when one of the, what a, whatever movie comes out. Um, we're presuming it's going to be this new Jedi order thing with Daisy Ridley who shows up as far as the, the audiences um, because it's been a long relatively a long time since we've had another Star Wars movie the last one wasn't so well received it still made a, a fair amount of money but um, you know is the love still there and will these Disney plus subscribers who you know have fawned over Mandalorian will they show up for a film 
we'll find out. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Iger's job, well, his job, quote unquote, he, he, you know, he's not going anywhere, but jobs will be on the line with these movies for sure. It, it's just like people just need to remember that Star Wars is a different beast than Marvel and people want these things to mimic them. And even Bob Iger himself, I think, probably said, you know, he he probably he said what you had said. He said, like, we maybe we released too many movies, but probably back when they first bought Star Wars, I'm sure he said something like we want to get to a place where we're releasing three Star Wars films a year or something like that. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like, I'm sure that was the original intention. And then, you know, well, sadly, I don't think that worked. So, you know, um, you people have to be uh, nimble and adaptable to uh, it sounds fucking stupid, but the forces of the marketplace, which are that maybe this just can't sustain itself in the same way that other things can. You know, like yeah. Marvel is just a, like uh, we're as this whole podcast we've been talking about. Uh, it's mostly just Jedi, right? Like that's all they've got. Like that's the one thing where that would be like saying Marvel is one universe of ma magicians and Doctor Stranges and that's all they have. Well, it's like, no, they have like 30 different things, right? Yeah. A very, very different beast. They've got Spider-Man. They've got Guardians of the Galaxy in space. They've got people on the street named Daredevil. It's like they've got a multitude of all this different stuff and different options. Whereas basically everything that we touched upon i don't think there was one thing that we touched upon and during this conversation that didn't involve jedis in some way other than andor season two so um, <laughs> which 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 you could argue was the least watched of anything that they've released right it might be it might be even though it's probably the best yeah um so it's it's a different beast and and you one size does not fit all you know no, no. and it needs to be treated in a different way and if that means less content and better quality things hey that's okay you know yeah i'm i'm all for that i i think star you know personally i think star wars could have that same sort of diversity that a marvel universe has just because you're talking you know you're talking about literally a galaxy um but i but i you have to actually diversify yeah you no that's the problem very is very different things yeah and so far dawn of the jedi uh heir to the empire which is going to have ahsoka and a bunch of fucking jedi and uh uh, uh what's the other one new uh, jedi order jedi order like it's all jedi it's like one thing and it just becomes it becomes limiting so they still need to break out of that there's a reason andor was so popular with a lot of people it's because it felt very very different um, yeah and even you know, mandalorian season one people were like oh my god it's like the wild west and you know it's scum well, and villainy it felt, and... it felt different at first yeah and then they brought back Jedi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you, Rodrigo, for talking about Star Wars with me. Hopefully, uh, you know, these movies that we talked about for an hour aren't, it wasn't just in vain and they actually will show up and we can talk about them when they come out. Um, but the general gist, this is a recap, 2025, 27, and 29, probably have three we, movies. We don't know that for sure, but it seems very, probably, very, yeah. very, I think these are strong, educated guesses and i don't we wouldn't be saying this stuff if we didn't feel that I, correct you know? and uh the tv shows are still going strong um and and probably will be they were promoting stuff through 2024 on there so a lot of star wars content still coming and we'll just have to see how the overall uh market reacts and how the strategy changes in the next six years um but yeah thank you for talking about this and uh hopefully your your love of star wars doesn't completely die like mine has um yeah we'll see we'll see <laughs> all right